0: I want to say thank you for joining us here at His Hardline, where every day we always have something going on. We have three shows that we do. We have 1% with Him, where we spend a little time in the Bible, spend a little time with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And every once in a while, we'll mix it up. We do a show called the EDU Spot. And every Tuesday and Friday, we have what's called a His Hardline Discussion, where we talk about some deep topics. Don't forget to join us at www.hishardline.com I want to say thank you again for joining us Let's get started Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you're at in the world. It is Sunday, September tw- uh, 18th, 2022. Happy to have you here for another episode of the EDU Spot. And today we're going to be going over, um, we're, going, we're wrapping up the um, Field Training Manual 2000-25. This is part 15, and we are starting with page 119 for those of you that are following along in the PDF. I do apologize for... Um, Not having one last week, as some of you may know, um, I was well, first off, I was on vacation to Mackinac Island and then came back and got sick. So I was out of commission and could not do any podcasting for about close up to a week. So I do apologize for that. So we are a little bit behind, but we're going to be going over. Uh, Section 12 here, which is the American flag. And then Section 13 on the next show will be on the U.S. Constitution. Um, And like I said, uh, we should be wrapping up here, um, you know, within the next couple of weeks here. And then uh, we'll probably take a break from the EDU spot for a moment. And then we'll probably start going over the uh, fundamental orders of 1638. um, And we'll go over, you know, we'll start learning a little bit about that because that is very important that we, you know, that's very important that we learn what that is. So section 12 on the American flag in the field training manual, 2000 25. So let's see here. We're going to talk about different things like the design, the significant of elements and the progress of the flag and so on and so forth. The inspiration of the flag, the future of the flag and different things like that in federal law. Now, And I apologize if you hear me cough or uh, clear my throat a little bit more than I normally do. Um, Still got it lingering, but for the most part, I'm doing all right. All right. So the design accepted. Now, General George Washington, Robert Morris, and Colonel George Ross were appointed committee by the continental congress to produce a flag for the united states of north america now their report was approved and the design adopted on the 14th of june 1777 by resolution congress decided that the flag of the 13 united states should be 13 stripes alternate red and white and that the union be 13 white stars on a blue field now the significant of elements In describing its design, Washington said we take the stars from heaven, the red from our mother's country, separating it by white stripes, thus showing that we have separated from her and that the white stripes shall go down to posterity representing liberty. The Continental Congress defined the special significance of the chosen colors to be white, suggesting purity and innocence, red, hardness and valor, and then blue, which is vigilance, perseverance and justice. The stars of the Union were not merely a collection, but a new constellation representing a new ideal in political and governmental affairs. The newly formed states were to develop under the control of laws, not independently nor indifferent to each other, but a union, one and inseparable. Now, the progress of the flag. Now, after 1812, the flag moved west with the pioneers who explored the vast regions beyond the Alleghenies, the Mississippi Valley, the Rocky Mountains, to the shores of the Pacific Ocean, and the islands of the sea. Representing the United States, the flag flies today in Alaska, Hawaii, the Philippines, Puerto Rico, Guam, Tutila, I don't, forgive me if I'm saying that wrong, Panama, and the North Pole. Now to be born under the American flag is to be the child of a king and to build a home under the stars and stripes is to establish a royal house. Alone of all flags, it expresses the sovereignty of the people, which endures when all else passes away. Excuse me for a moment. All right, just didn't want to do that coughing fit in your ear. Speaking with their voice, it has the sanctity of revelation. He who lives under it and is loyal to it is loyal to truth and justice everywhere. He who lives under it and is disloyal to it is a traitor to the human race everywhere. What could be saved if the flag of the American nation were to perish? And that was by President Coolidge. Now, the allocation of the stars. Now, President William H. Taft on October 25th, 1912, by executive order, designated the specific location of the stars and their definite representations. They were to be arranged in six rows of eight stars, each star to symbolize a state in the order of its ratification of the Constitution. Goes Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Georgia, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Maryland, South Carolina, New Hampshire, Virginia, New York, North Carolina, Rhode Island, Vermont, Kentucky, Tennessee, Ohio, Louisiana, Indiana, Mississippi, Illinois, Alabama, Maine, Missouri, Arkansas, Michigan, Florida, Texas, Iowa, Wisconsin, California, Minnesota, Oregon, Kansas, West Virginia, Nevada, Nebraska, Colorado, North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, Washington, Idaho, Wyoming, Utah, Oklahoma, New Mexico, and Arizona. It's 48 states. Now, the inspiration of the flag. Now, like the cross, the flag is sacred. It represents the living country and is itself considered a living thing. It flies not only as the symbol of organization and protection, it also calls to duty. To the flag of the United States and all that it represents, every citizen of America should render respect, reverence, and devotion. As you feel about your flag, so you feel about your nation. Your flag, my flag, our flag. May we honor her as she honors us. Now, as far as the future of the flag, this flag, the emblem of justice and government, stands for the just use of undisputed national power. No nation is going to doubt our power to assert its rights. As Woodrow Wilson once said, It is henceforth to stand for possession, dignity, and the assertion of the right of one nation to serve the other nations of the world, an emblem that will not condescend to be used for purposes of aggression and self aggrandizement, that it is too great to be debased by selfishness, that has vindicated its right to be honored by all nations of the world and feared by none who do righteousness. Now, the kinds of national flags. Now, there are four kinds of national flags. Flags, which are flown at military posts or on ships and used for display generally. Small flags and ensigns, which are used on small boats. Colors, which are carried by unmounted regiments, and standards, which are carried by mounted regiments and are therefore smaller in size than colors. Then there is the prescribed in army regulation a knotted fringe of yellow silk on the national standards of mounted regiments, and on the national colors of unmounted regiments. However, there is no law which either requires or prohibits the placing of a fringe on the flag of the United States. Now, ancient custom sanctions the use of the fringe on the regimental colors and standards, but there seems to be no good reason or precedent for its use on the other flags. Now, the federal laws. Now, there is no federal law now in force. Now, remember, this was written back in the 1900s, early 1920s, late 1920s. So there is no federal law now in force pertaining to the manner of displaying, hanging, saluting the United States flag or prescribing any ceremonies that should be observed in connection therewith. There are but four federal laws on the statute books that have any bearing upon the subject. Now, the act of Congress approved on February 20th, 1905, providing that a trademark cannot be registered, which consists of compromises, the flag, coat of arms or other insignia of the United States or any simulation thereof. Now, a joint resolution of Congress approved May 8th, 1914, authorizing the display of the flag on Mother's Day. Now, the Act of Congress approved February 8th of 1917, providing certain penalties for the uh, for the desecration, mutilation or improper use of the flag within the District of Columbia. Now, the Act of Congress approved on May 16th, 1918, providing when the United States is at war for the dismissal From the service of any employee or official of the United States government who criticizes in an abusive or violent manner the flag of the United States. Now, several states of the Union have enacted laws which have more or less bearing upon the general subject, and it seems probable that many counties and municipalities have also passed ordinances concerning this matter to govern action within their own jurisdiction. Now, no present federal uh, now this is according to uh, Attorney General John G. Sargent, and he says that no present federal statute punishing the desecration or abuse of the flag in time of peace or in time of war. Now, a majority of states have passed acts designed to punish the desecration of the national flag and to prevent its use for advertising purposes. Now, the constitutionality of such state legislation was upheld by the Supreme Court in Halter v. Never. Now, there is a federal statute similar in terms to many of the state laws which punishes the improper use of the flag in the District of Columbia Act February 8, 1917, and that was uh, Chapter 34. But there is no federal enactment which punishes such use outside the district. Now, the method of displaying the flag, excuse me while I take a quick sip here, my throat's feeling a little dry, excuse me for a moment. Like I said, my voice is not quite all there yet, forgive me. Now, as far as method of displaying the flag, there are certain fundamental rules of heraldry which indicate the proper method of displaying the flag there are also certain rules of good taste which if observed would ensure the proper use of the flag one the union of the flag is the honor point the right arm is the sword arm and therefore the point of the dagger and hence the place of honor two when the national flag is carried as in a procession with another flag or flags the place of the national flag is on the right the flag's own right. 3. When the national flag and another flag are displayed together as against a wall from crossed staffs, the national flag should be on the right and the flag's own right and the observer's left, and its staff should be in front of the staff of the other flag. Number 4 when the number of flags are grouped and displayed from staffs the national flag should be in the center or at the highest point of this group number five when the national flag is hung either horizontally or vertically against a wall the union should be uppermost and to the flag's own right to the observer's left now when displayed from a staff projecting horizontally or at an angle from the windowsill or the front of a building, the same rules should be observed. Now, when the flag is suspended between buildings as, so as to hang over the middle of the street, the simple rule is to hang the union to the North in an East and West street or to the East in a North and South street. Well, wow, so many rules. Now, when flown with other flags, when flags are of States or cities, Or tenants of societies are flown on the same halyard with the national flag. The national flag must always be at the peak. And I tell you what, side note, I'm noticing a lot of people that are flying the Ukraine flag. Yeah, I'm noticing the Ukraine flag just ever so slightly higher than the U.S. flag. That, that's a no-no. Continuing. Continuing. When flown from adjacent staffs, the national flag should be hoisted first. There is, um, you got to forgive me because whoever, um, was the, the PDF that I'm reading off of this page is slightly cut off. So I'm having a little bit of problems here trying to read and figure out what letters are missing. There is a chaplain's flag authorized in army regulations, but there is no church pennant prescribed. Neither the chaplain's flag nor any other flag or pennant is authorized to be placed Above or to the right of the national flag. Now, as far as international usage, <coughs> excuse me, the display of the flag of one nation above that of any other nation in time of peace is forbidden. Now, when the flags of two or more nations are to be displayed, they should be flown from separate staffs or from separate halyards of equal size and on the same level. Now, as far as general uses go, there is no federal law governing the subject, but It is suggested that the national flag, when not flown from the staff, be always hung, whether indoors or out. It should not be festooned over doorways or arches, nor tied in a knot, nor fashioned into a rosette. When used on a rostrum, it should be displayed above and behind the speaker's desk. It should never be used to cover the speaker's desk, nor to drape over the front of the platform. For this purpose, as well as for decoration in general, bunting of the national colors should be used arranged with the blue above, the white in the middle, and the red below. Now, under no circumstances should the flag be draped over chairs or benches, nor should any object or emblem of any kind be placed above it, above, above. I'm sorry, there's words cut off, upon it. Nor should it be hung where it can easily contaminate or be soiled. Now, no lettering of any kind should ever be placed upon the flag. It should not be used as a portion of a woman's costume nor of a man's athletic clothing but yet we see that today we see we see the american flag uh, draped as clothing everywhere now a very common misuse of the flag is the practice of embroidering the flag on cushions and handkerchiefs and the printing of the flag on paper napkins now these practices while not strictly a violation of any present federal law certainly are lacking in respect and dignity and can not be considered as evidence of good taste. Now, there is no objection to flying the flag at night on civilian property, provided it is not so flown for advertising purposes. Now, as far as reveille and retreat, it is the practice in the army each day in the year to hoist the flag briskly at sunrise, irrespectively of the condition of the weather and to lower it slowly and ceremoniously at sunset, indicating the commencement and cessation of the activities of the sky. Now Memorial Day on May 30th at all army posts and stations, the national flag is displayed at half staff from sunrise until noon and at full staff from noon until sunset. When flown at half staff, the flag is always first hoisted to the peak, the honor point, and then slowly lowered to the half-station position in honor of those who give their lives to their country. But before lowering the flag for the day, it is raised again to the head of the staff, for for the nation lives, and the flag is the living symbol of the nation. Now, the unveiling statutes. Now, when flags are used in connection with the unveiling of a statute or monument, they should not be allowed to fall to the ground, but should be carried aloft to wave out, forming a distinctive feature during the remainder of the ceremony. Excuse me again while I cough for a moment. We'll get through this. Like I said, my voice is still trying to come back here. Forgive me on that. Now, when when the national flag is being used on a beer or casket, or a buyer, or a casket at a military funeral, the rule is the reverse of that for hanging vertically against a wall. The union should be placed at the head of the casket and over the left shoulder of the soldier. The casket should be carried foot first. The flag should not be lowered into the grave, and in no case should it be allowed to touch the ground. Now, When a body is shipped to relatives by the War Department for a private burial, The flag which drapes the shipping case is turned over to relatives with the remains for use at the funeral and may be retained by them. Now, for patriotic occasions, it is becoming the practice throughout the country among civilians to display the national flag on all patriotic occasions, especially on the following days. Lincoln's birthday, February 12th, Washington's birthday, February 22nd, Mother's Day, second Sunday in May, Memorial Day, May 30th, Flag Day, June 14th. Independence Day, July 4, Armistice Day, November 11th, In certain localities, other special days are observed in the same manner. Now, the signal of distress, the flag should never be hung nor displayed Union side down, except as a signal of distress at sea. Now, disposition of worn-out flags, old or worn-out flags should not be be used either for banners or for any other secondary purposes. When a flag is in such a condition that it is no longer fitting emblem for display, it should be destroyed preferably by burning or by some other method lacking in the suggestion of irreverence or disrespect to the emblem representing our country. Now the military salute to the flag. When officers and enlisted men pass the national flag not encased, or when the national flag is carried in a parade or procession, they will render honors as follows. If a civilian dress uncovered, they will uncover. Holding the headdress opposite to the left shoulder with the right hand, if the uniform covered or uncovered or in civilian dress uncovered, they will salute with the right hand salute. Now the national anthem. Now the musical composition familiarly known as the Star-Spangled Banner is designated as the national heir of the United States of America. And when played, all officers and enlisted men present and not in formation are required to stand at attention facing the music, except when the flag is being lowered at sunset, on which occasion they are required to face toward the flag. If in uniform, they shall render the prescribed salute at the first note of the anthem, retaining the position of salute until last note of the anthem. If not in uniform and covered, they are required to stand and uncover at the first note of the anthem, holding the headdress opposite to the left shoulder until the last note is played. Except in the inclement weather, when the headdress may be held slightly raised, the custom of raising and remaining standing, rising and remaining standing and uncovered while the Star Spangled Banner is being played has grown in favor among civilians. Now, the Star Spangled Banner should be played through with the uh, repetition of any part not required to be repeated to make it complete. It should not be played as part of a medley, nor for dance music, nor at any point in a program or performance except at the beginning or the end. It is the practice in the Army to play the Star-Spangled Banner at the end of a musical program. The national salute to the American flag requires one gun for every star. Now, a little side note, it is not within the province of the War Department to force upon persons not in the military service through the regulations governing the use of the flag within the army. Now, as far as the initial events of the American flag, now July, excuse me, June 14, 1777, the first American flag made by Betsy Ross was adopted by the Continental Congress as the flag of the United States of North America. Then from 1787 to 1790, the Stars and Stripes first carried around the world by the ship Columbia. August 2, 1777, an improvised Stars and Stripes hoisted at Fort Stanwix in New York. November 1, 1777, the American flag was first flown at sea by Captain Paul Jones. He sailed to carry the news to France that Burgoyne had surrendered. February 14, 1778, the first salute given to the American flag at... Quebaron Bay, France, when the French Admiral Lamotte, piquet saluted the flag on the ranger commanded by Captain Paul Jones. September 11, 1777, the American flag first went into battle, receiving its baptism of blood at the Brandywine. September 13, 1814, Francis Scott Key, wrote the Star-Spangled Banner during the Battle of Fort McHenry in Baltimore Harbor. It was later officially designated as the National Anthem. July 24th, 1866, the first American flag manufactured from American material hosted over the Capitol at Washington. Previously, the bunting had been manufactured outside the United States. And that, <coughs> excuse me, and that is the section 15 or i should say as far as this manual goes section 12 part 15 for me and as far as the podcast goes and that's talking about the american flag the national flag now the next show we're going to do which is not going to be till next week sunday is going to be on the constitution of the united states of america now that's going to be getting into page 127 now we are getting close to the end of this ladies and gentlemen and then I believe after we get go over the Constitution of the United States, hopefully my voice is a little bit better. and It's not so dry. We're going to be talking about, let me see here. Just reading through here. So, yeah, this, this last part is going to actually be pretty big. I'm not quite sure if I'm going to read the whole Constitution. I'm going to read... The first part of it before it actually gets into the Constitution, possibly. I'm not sure yet. If I do do the Constitution, I might have to break it up in another show. Um, Yeah, I'm just kind of sorry. If I sound like I'm mumbling here, I'm just scrolling here to kind of see how many pages we have here. So that's going to be the last part. We're almost done with this. And like I said, then we're going to be moving on to uh, talking about and learning about the fundamental orders of 1638. Um, But we might give a couple I might, you know, take a couple weeks off from the EDU spot. Just because I don't want to, you know, I'm trying to, like I said, get my voice back. It's been kind of a struggle. Um, but yeah, so and then, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm trying to take it a little easier with these podcasts just because I'm trying to find a happy balance with time. I'm trying not to wear myself out, even though I was unable to be on the podcast because of this cold. Um, I will say it was nice stepping away for about a week and a half. I must say it was very nice. Um, so I'm going to start kind of prioritizing. And managing my time a little better, I'm gonna still be doing the shows, but I'm gonna to try to make sure I don't make them go an hour, hour and a half, or something like that. I want to keep it. I want to keep it factual, obviously. I want to keep it punctual, and I want to keep it packed with solid, good information, and very little fluff. That's my goal. Um, so tomorrow we'll probably go over. Um, we'll do like a mini, micro, his hardline discussion where we go over. another update on the national assembly where we're at. There is a wonderful man out in Nevada. He's an assembly member for Nevada. He's working very diligently and very hard. I think he's working with Destry or some other men to help get his, uh, his assembly up and rocking and rolling out there in the state of Nevada. If he can get rocking and rolling, he could be state number 15 if Texas doesn't get their act together sooner than later. And then Texas might have to, you know, resort to being number 16, but uh, we do have many states that are working. We got people in Mississippi. We have people in Massachusetts. We got people in Illinois and Minnesota. There's so many people working on their assembly. I believe, if I recall correctly, out in Oregon, there's many states that are working on their assemblies. It's just they don't have the people they need yet, the 30 people. And then once they get the 30 people, they got to put out their public notice. And there's a certain time frame that you got to do that. So It's happening. And so what I was getting at was um, Paul in Nevada did us the honors and took it upon himself to make an interactive map, a progression map, if you will, that I was kind of already talking about. Well, he went forward with it and created one and color coded it. It is on my telegram and on True Social. You could check it out. So you will see 14 states highlighted. Two of them are highlighted blue, which is Michigan and Alaska, showing that they're assembled and settled. Whereas the other 12 are highlighted green meaning they are assembled and notice was given and then he actually highlighted nevada because orange for him um was you know assemblies that are actively being put together now there's obviously a lot more orange that can go on that map so i told people on telegram if you are actively working on your assembly in your state send him a message or send me a message we'll get that state highlighted orange But like I said, I don't count my chickens before they hatch. As far as I'm concerned, the green and the blue states is all that matters at the moment. Yes, it'd be nice to see orange on that map to know what's being, you know, worked on. But as far as I'm concerned, blue and green is what matters most on that map. That means they're assembled. They're settled. Everything's straight. It's solidified. I never count my chickens before the eggs hatch. Very important. So that's all I have for you all today on the edu spot i will be back here tomorrow for another one percent with him and a uh an assembly national assembly update and a little mini his hardline discussion so we'll do like a national uh, assembly update and more discussion so all right until then or the next time i hope you all have a blessed night and we'll see you then